0: I felt 30 then, I don't feel 40 now and I feel I know we're going to get into it because of the way the last decade has played out that I am taking back that decade and I am doing it again and I really want to adopt the wisdom that I know I'm going to have when I'm 50 and go back to the age I was at 30 because it is just a number. So no, I don't feel 40, I'm going back. Hello and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. It's about sharing from the middle, not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life, behind the mother mask, back home, to yourself. Hello and welcome back to episode 35. Now, if this has worked, you are listening to this on either the 17th, Friday the 17th of February, or after, because, oh my goodness, yes, I live life by the seat of my pants, but um, the podcast goes out on a Friday, and it is now Thursday. Your birthday? It's my birthday.
1: (laughs) Happy birthday, Annie.
0: Thank you very much. I am 40. This is my 40th birthday celebration episode, and I'm going to title it, 40 a reason to celebrate. Let me just go back a tiny bit. Dan and I are away. So we're taking a, a week off. But you know, really, I'm the only one that runs my business. So I never funny take a week off. <laughs> but this podcast is my passion project as well. And something that I've committed to. But anyway, because we're um we've got Bonnie at home, we're all together, we don't have much space that it's been really, really hard to find the time to do this. And this is our second place. So we were in an Airbnb last week in Wales. Now we're here at my friend Corinne and Graham's house, which is amazing, to be honest. Um, on the video, which I know most of you won't see, but I put some on Instagram, I'm probably sat in the only place where you can see grey. The rest of the house is orange. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to do our best. We're going to get it done. But yes. this is it, Dan. Yeah, no, it is. This yeah. is it. So the... We're going to treat it a bit like a... You say it.
1: a birth. Well, a birthday present to yourself, so it's a celebration. Pub quiz. A pub quiz, a celebration, yeah. a pub quiz, yeah. With
0: no frol, no alcofrol. Whoa, <laughs> that's a change, isn't
1: it? Yeah, so it's the alcohol-free... Annie's alcohol-free conscious pub quiz, all right?
0: And I'm drinking a green fish bowl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we'll we'll get straight into it. Do you feel 40, Annie?
0: Sorry, I got broccoli in my tea. <laughs> how I roll no I don't it's really funny because when I turned 30 I did feel 30 I don't think there was much resistance but if there was I probably wouldn't remember it because that party was one of the best like that really put a kind of stake in the ground in terms of parties and it was so good my 30th um I didn't take one photo I'd even paid like money to have my hair done. and had extensions in. I invited all of my friends, all of your friends, even though we were housemates at the time. So we're living in this amazing like um, Victorian house in uh, Shrewsbury, weren't we? We yeah. were renting it. So there's yeah. four of us. Amazing house shared. Dale and I were friends. Um, my other two amazing housemates that then became my bridesmaids. Um, we just had the best party ever. I ended up with a cat face drawn on my face, passed out. There were carrots all over the garden. It got crazy. (laughs) But that was um, the reign of crazy Annie in inverted commas. Um, I miss her a bit. But I felt 30 then. I don't feel 40 now. And I feel I know we're going to get into it because of the way the last decade has played out. That I am taking back that decade. And I am doing it again. And I really want to adopt the wisdom that I know I'm going to have when I'm 50 and go back to the age I was at 30, because it mm. is just a number. So no, I don't feel 40. I'm going back. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, talking about going back, how would you sum up the past decade in one, one word, if you can? <laughs> if you can, one word.
0: I think, honestly, growth. Growth. Yeah, growth. I was going to say pain, but growth doesn't come without pain mm. and vulnerability. Um, it has been... A long dark night of the soul, because the lessons, the learning, self discovery was definitely the theme. Have been thick, fast, and painful, and oh my goodness, worth it. But it has been a decade of personal growth, discovery, and evolution. It hasn't all been good. <laughs> <Amazing>. Easy. <Yeah. laughs> That's why I'm taking it back. Now yeah. I've learned some of that shite. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go back. So what, from what you've learned what is your greatest resource?
0: Interestingly, it's the thing that I've always kind of run away from or maybe felt a bit shameful about, it's my story.
1: Mm. It Mm. is my
0: story because without it, I wouldn't be me. And the person sat in front of you today, although is a little bit nervous about not getting this done and how the birthday day is gonna pan out because Bonnie thinks it's her birthday, um, is happy. And I like who I am and I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for our vision. So um, it's definitely my story. And yes, there's been parts that maybe some people might turn a blind eye to or not understand or judge um, that might be more taboo. But it's those parts that actually enabled me to be here today Mm -hmm. and who I am and have that kind of deep drive to do what I do. Yeah. And it is it's given me hope that you can go through hard stuff and find yourself and change your life.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And a beautiful thing is that you continue to write your story as well. It's not written. A hundred percent. I
0: think Brené Brown <clears throat> says that if you, sorry, I'm going to mess this up, but if you're like on the outside of your story, hello, Bonnie, are you um, about 30 minutes. Oh, Is that okay? Yes, and then we're so going to f- walk the dogs. Yeah, we're going to walk Corinne's dogs, aren't we? We're going to see which ones want to come with us. Yes. yes. Um. Basically, if you stand inside your story and you own it, then you get to write the next chapter. But if yeah. you're always on the outside, it kind of owns you. And I, I do believe that. And I think, it, you know, it's a legacy that I'm living, that it is my gift that I give to Bonnie, to you, to my family, to those that I help my story yeah so, sorry I'm not very pub quiz yeah I man do you need no. to be a bit
1: fast okay Think, so it's um, so, so next, next question what have you learned about yourself in the past decade I want everybody to learn about themselves
0: th- lots of things but let's just go with three yes that your gut is connected to your brain and your brain is connected to your gut and i don't say that to take um the piss but um seriously how did I get to age 30 it was in my 30s I joined the College of Naturopathic Medicine when I was 29 so that was 2012 if I've got the dates right Um, and that was all biomed for the first year so I sat there just staring at the kind of screen or the blackboard cross-eyed but then the next year is when we started to get into implementing that into a nutritional kind of sense into people and how this works in practice and that's where I learned about the gut in the brain. And it has been the theme that has run through my life since then, my health and my work. And I can't believe that I got to 30 without knowing that, that your gut has a profound impact on your mood. The second thing, and it comes to mood again, because I think emotions is a big theme for me, emotional well-being, um, is your hormones. <laughs> Did you know that they have a huge impact on your mood and it wasn't until I was a bit oh still in my 30s see so much discovery that I realized that and I think me and you were in Glasgow once we'd gone away this is when we were dating we weren't married Bonnie wasn't around um and I just remember feeling really really crap And I couldn't quite put my finger on it because I didn't know then that the two were connected. But now I do know, reflecting back, I can see these cyclical patterns that happen monthly. But I think what was really hard is, um, and we've spoken about this before, that obviously motherhood's been the opportunity for me to face myself and grow, that I wasn't going into our marriage, going into motherhood, I wasn't complete, if that made sense. I hadn't arrived at my 30s and been like, I've got the house, I've got the salary, I got all. This. there was a lot of unresolved stuff. So I was having these two weeks of the month or this week before my cycle, which I didn't know about, where I felt depressed. I felt anxious, I felt unsafe in my body. It was like this Jekyll and Hyde. Um, but then the other bit, which, you know, might be the opposite to that wasn't it was almost like just getting by surviving it almost felt there was this piece missing in me like and then for more but i didn't know what it was so the contrast wasn't like really significant but that week before there would be this deep despairing kind of rabbit hole that i'd go on so those two gut brain connected hormones mood and then i think the last one Just two things that, you know, pain that is not transformed is transmitted. So it's understanding that what came before us and our generational line or what happened to our parents and our family has a huge impact on us. Like it didn't start with us. And I think that has been so huge in the identity piece, which is probably my thing, identity. I think in on the Enneagram, my mission or my biggest fear is not having any personal significance or identity. And I think my life story has been about finding who I am. And obviously, we know that's kind of an evolving process. But what has a huge impact on that is outside forces, things that are beyond our control, things that happened before us. So I want people to to know that because they are the ghosts in the walls, especially when you have a child and something just doesn't feel right. Like you don't feel safe in your own skin. Something is missing, something isn't right. and I suppose just to finish that point is your identity the top regret the five regrets biggest regrets or regrets of the dying the book the top regret is um not living a life that was true to me but living one that others expected so I wish I'd lived a life that was true to me and not the ones others expected of me sorry and I think that sums it up for me is to live your life But to do that, you have to face these past traumas, these unresolved traumas, these ghosts in the walls. You have to understand your body and how it's all connected and what impacts and how you have so much agency over balancing your inside world. And your hormones is a a great place to start because they reflect your environment. They are your messengers. So that's probably, there's loads more, but just to sum up those big things. Top three,
1: lovely. So next one go for top three what do you need in order to stay sane say on a daily basis
0: well yesterday when we recorded this for the 35th time you said sleep so I'm going to go with that I don't think it needs any explanation sleep 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 second one is space I absolutely need space and more so than time I think we almost say we don't have enough time we don't have time it's space for me around my nervous system has to have its own energy field so it can actually function independently of anyone else's shite that's going on yeah. <laughs> and that has been stripped away at the moment so you know it's another kind of reckoning another lesson another adaptation to make and then to stay sane well there's I'm going to get the <laughs> The coffee, the thing I drink every day, I'll talk about in the joyful bit. But um, I don't think coffee keeps me sane. I think it does the opposite, but I love it. So I'll talk about it in a bit. Um, expression and creativity. Yes. I have to talk. I have yes. to express myself. I'm a very emotional person. So that is so important because it's almost like an act of release. And I would just say on that walking, I walk every day in motion. Because of my ADHD ways um i need motion yeah
1: yeah can i just add another connection kind of ties into the second one you put in there but connection which is need
0: connection
1: um okay next up what did you dream about doing as a child
0: so i used to have one of those little fisher price recorders i think it was brown with a little microphone and i had not really connect the dots until we started talking about this but i wanted to be on the radio and then I wanted to be on Blue Peter. And I actually met one of the P- P- Blue Peter presenters once. Which one? Katie Hill. Oh, yeah. People used to say I look like her a bit. But um, I met her once on a riding thing. So I wanted to be on Blue Peter. I went to a acting school thing once in Manchester because I really wanted to be on Hollyoaks. So I wanted to be on stage. And I think, again, reflecting back, it's this craving for personal significance to be seen. Um, and I am a bit of the greatest showman. Like, I'm a bit jazz hands. I'm all about kind of this celebratory energy and being in the moment. What was the question?
1: <laughs> what did you want to be... What did you dream about doing as a child? Like that. that. Yeah. So
0: being on stage, even though... Now it's very easy to kind of hide away and withdraw um, from some of this stuff. But being on stage, I wanted to be a vet and there was all the kind of other things. But it was this kind of rock star, actress, kind of on stage type thing.
1: Okay, very good. And what do you dream about now as an adult? What's your vision?
0: So that failed. and
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, jumping ahead there. That that didn't work out. So what do you dream about now? That didn't work out.
0: I think it's still the same. Like it's. My vision is to obviously use my voice to make an impact because I think, like I said, my story is my strongest resource, my most powerful resource. I honestly believe that by sharing your story and being open and honest about the day-to-day, like the big stuff that you've been through, but the day-to-day hence behind the mother mask helps liberate others and it helps people not suffer in silence or isolation. So it is still that Fisher-Price um, tape recorder, just in a slightly different way. Yeah. And the, what was the, um, what did you say? A vision. So yeah. my vision, my vision is coming to life, but I couldn't put words to my vision until recently and Dan and I have both created our vision boards together with Helena Holdrick and we did it independently but they're very much aligned but it's very interesting because I think unconsciously I was trying to create something that someone else had done but we're doing something that hasn't been done Mm -hmm. and yes of course people have done versions of what we're trying to create but they're not us and they haven't got our backstory so I want to create a community of people I want to recreate the night before our wedding yeah. I said our wedding and not my wedding. <laughs> basically Dan and I had this barbecue and everyone had come in the village who were coming to the wedding the next day not everyone but a lot of people and it was just like this celebratory kind of party that you've created so if you, we weren't getting married we wouldn't have created that so we were like the kind of hosts and everyone had come So I got broccoli in my teeth to celebrate with us. It wasn't like self-indulgent about us. It was, we would create this platform, this party for people to come in. And I I felt such a strong sense of connection. Everyone was in it with us. There was so much joy. There was no conflict. There was no family like conflicts or anything like that. People were just seeing each other for who they were and having a good time. And it was so simple. So that, through doing NLP, because in NLP you try and recall a moment, or a feeling that you're trying to recreate, and it took me back to that, and then just a series of events and how the universe has kind of played out. Is that now going back to that 2012 classroom where I was really interested in gut health? The gut hut is actually the password to our Dropbox. Um, I thought about having the gut hut and having an office. I spoke about this before, but quickly say an office in the garden, like a consultation room. Now we've bought a horse trailer that we bought in lockdown. We're converting it into the galloping gut hut. And our plan is to sell the house and hit the road in a kind of, I still need my home comforts. There'll be Airbnbs and create this community that now appears to be moving. It's in motion, which is so, so important to us, Mm. and more rooted in freedom, that we're not actually tied to an abode or a property or need land, that actually where we go, we create that following community. And when I did my NLP Master prac, we did this amazing exercise where we tapped into our passion. And your passion is pure feeling. You can't put words to it. So we did like a somatic movement and let the body move into these different kind of shapes or movements. And then we could, if we wanted to, put words to it. And I was being an overthinker, trying to analyze every single thing. But at the end, there was like this hands together. And that's when you manifest your passion into reality. And I couldn't work out what it was, but I could see in my head almost like this circle of people, a bit like when you're like at a wedding, there's loads of hay bales, like a festival type wedding or a little retreat, a circle of people. And it was almost like bringing people together. And now... I believe I know what it is, that it is setting up the gap Mm -hmm. and it's creating these events where people come together. And what we're trying to do is promote living free and being yourself and living a life most authentic to you. Um, So that is the vision. And maybe it wasn't connected to the childhood thing. But I think it is rooted in celebration and connection and <clears throat> voice and having fun. you yeah. can get too bloody serious.
1: In a child, having fun, the joyful inner child. Yeah. So if if we take that vision and, and what are the values that you've kind of built that vision around? What is the values that that drive that vision for you?
0: Connection, fun, freedom. Lovely. Connection, fun and freedom. Sorry, I said that really fast.
1: Yeah. Because no, they, they I didn't they, want
0: to think of it. It actually came from the heart.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. <clears throat> Connection, that. And don't let so me great. think about it. Move on. I'll
1: move on. Okay. <laughs> um, right. Oh, yes. Share a, a celebratory story or one of your greatest contributions.
0: Probably Bonnie. Yeah. You know, they say that children pick us and, you know, and I believe all of that. and um, But Bonnie... I remember when she was born, Dears came out in front of the road. And I remember she was actually born, light shone through the window. It was quite profound, wasn't it? And Bonnie. Bonnie. Bonnie, because she, we haven't even seen what she's got to offer yet. Yeah. You know, wrecking ball of pure passion and determination. And, yeah.
1: Bonnie. Yeah, lovely. No, I agree. Beautiful Bonnie. Um, right, one of the biggest hardships you've overcome
0: um I think there's a few I think the transgenerational trauma and the pain that's been transmitted through my mum's story is probably the biggest wound that I carry and hence the biggest passion to try and heal transform and change things for me but also the future generations to come and From that, obviously, my coping strategies were seen probably by the outside world as not very healthy. Well, they weren't healthy, Mm. but I think, you know, heroin addiction, drug addiction, like Gabor Mate says, not why the addiction, but why the pain. And actually, those things are what saved me in the end. And I've learned the most from taking drugs than I did from school. I learned more from that. I'm not um, advocating it. Um, So, I think in terms of transforming pain into power and like struggles into strength, it's those two things. And they're very much tied together.
1: Mm -hmm. And from from that, what's the greatest life lesson you've learned to date?
0: The greatest life lesson that you've learned to date. I, I suppose it's quite overarching, but it is to really be yourself and if you said that to me when I was in the trenches of exhaustion after having Bonnie or I was in the pits of like depression or anxiety and not understanding what was going on in my hormones and I felt unsafe I wouldn't really know who I was Mm. and and I think the greatest lesson is to trust and be yourself and trust that you can live a life on your terms. It doesn't need to be a cookie cutter of what someone else is doing or what your parents did or what society tells you you should do, that you can create it. If something's missing in this world, go create it. Um, And to always listen to that inner knowing, that intuition, that gut that can go offline sometimes when we're stressed and we've got trauma and we're inflamed and all of this stuff. But... Um, ah, the mind and the body are connected. Mm-hmm. Listen, befriend yourself, partner with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Just a little interruption to this episode. I just want to share with you that I am now taking on clients for my one-to-one coaching program for 2023. And honestly, like I believe there's time and what you choose to do with it. There's no right or wrong time. And if you're hearing this and it's resonating and you're listening to this episode, then that is happening for a reason. So I actually created my energized mother model with you in mind, just to clarify, I don't work with new mums. When I say I don't, I do, but I don't per se just work with new mums. I tend to work with high functioning mums who are suffering in silence, who have kind of just got on with it for so long and maybe abandoned themselves or sacrificed their needs in the process of raising their kids. And they realize they're living this kind of legacy of depletion, legacy of living in this kind of inner conflict of exhaustion. And they just know they can feel so much better and they want to bet on themselves and raise their standards and step up. themselves. So this proven four month one to one breakthrough pathway is to help you transform unresolved trauma. And what I mean by that, these are the unconscious hidden things that are in our blind spot often, and that are holding us back. Sometimes there's really obvious things we've been through that have a huge impact on our identity and who we are and who we become. But often what I see is these drip-fed moments that build up like sand that really impact our sense of confidence and self-worth and how we're able to honor ourselves and kind of be the agent in our life. So it's really about transforming those from the roots so that we can release those overwhelming emotions that tend to hijack us when curveballs come our way or our hormonal cycle. (laughs) And this is so that you are free and free is the word to live and parent with more peace, purpose and energy, passing down wisdom and not wounds. And that's what I really want for you. If you are dedicated to changing the narrative for the next generation, but also having a bit of fun and living your life in the process, this is for you. And I combine, you've probably heard me on the podcast, I combine my nutritional therapy and functional medicine approach, and really looking at what's going on underneath the surface at the root. And I have a whole load of tools in the toolbox here around functional testing that are open to you. And on the other hand, I combine that with my transformational coaching and hypnosis and NLP, where we really get to do some incredible techniques that unless you experience them they're really hard to explain and actually go back to where these beliefs originated and this is where we do the magic and we can really release them and reframe them but also find the resources that you need to move forward that are normally hidden under life's layers of crap (laughs) it is transformational. You can read on my website, some of the reviews and testimonials and feedback. And I put the link in the show notes for you to go and read that full page. So you want to know a little bit more, but also please do reach out because we're all different. And this is a very individual kind of program based on you as an individual, and it's very holistic. So reach out if you want to know whether it's right for you. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. So the link is in the show notes. Go have a read, drop me a message, and we can have a chat. Let's make 2023 your year. Okay, back to the episode.
1: What's your greatest gift to celebrate?
0: My sensitivity. Mm-hmm. It's also a curse because I feel so deeply and I pick up on other people's stuff. But... um I think coupled with the sensitivity, I've got a real streak of rebellion. Mm -hmm. And those two are a great paradox together. They can be very conflicting. And I think my life has been a bit of a paradox. People think I'm quite middle class and posh, or this is what I've been told on the outside. But then I was going Mm -hmm. like and hanging out and scoring heroin. You know, it's quite, I'm an anomaly. People, it didn't fit, it never really fitted. Uh, And now I love that. Mm-hmm. So it's being sensitive and like being like that vulnerable child and that being my kind of edge and my cuteness and my softness, but having this real tenacious determination that, like, go go your own way, the arrhythmics yeah. kind of stuff. Oh, sorry, is it Fleetwood Mac? Yes. Yeah, sorry, right, I said yeah. that wrong. Right, uh, yeah. Go your own way. So it's how I kind of bring those two parts of me together, I think. Yeah. But they are gift.
1: Yeah. What brings you joy on a daily basis? Coffee. Coffee.
0: And bonnie and you um
1: <laughs> in that order
0: i go to bed looking forward to my coffee right. and i'm a snob when it comes to her to be very good but i do now buy the exhale brand just a little promo um because it's it's clean <laughs> and healthy uh so coffee i love bonnie's laugh yeah. and her smile but also, I wake up and she's around me like a crab or a hair clip, like one of those claw hair clips. And she's like, I love you, mummy. Yeah. She's so loving. And I suppose the joyful moments between Bonnie Mummy time that go unnoticed, that are behind closed doors or when we're just out and about, they do bring me joy, as does nature. I get so much joy from it and never take it for granted. I love being out the back on the walk that I go on just down the Pentland Hills like I absolutely love it and you especially when you're happy (laughs) (laughs) and coffee did I say coffee yes yeah
1: vegetables yeah Yeah. no no okay so that brings you joy what grinds your gears on a daily basis what
0: not being able to get vegetables when you go to a restaurant steamed like not overcooked actually just green vegetables this gets me so cross and don't get me started on the kids options of meals when you go out but vegetables doors banging I think that is actually a trauma response that's not funny but doors banging um vegetables people talking over me but I sometimes do it um and I'm sure there's loads more, but I'm not gonna sit here whining and moaning about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let, 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 let's cut let's cut that there. Did um, you ask know
0: me what my greatest lesson? Yeah. Oh sorry, just can I Tell put yourself. something in there? Finding the big, the thing I found out about myself that's been so powerful is the ADHD. Really is.
1: Mm.
0: And with the transgenerational trauma stuff, that's huge but it's the ADHD diagnosis and I got that at 39. So if I'm going back to my thirties with that information, not to get stuck to the diagnosis or the label, but just to understand it as a nervous system function and neurodiverse, i mean, of course I'm diverse, come on, who would wanna be typical? No offense, Um, but (laughs) going against the norm, going against the tide, like it just fits, it all works. But to actually on a serious note, understand how my brain and nervous system functions and the requirements, around it being overstimulated, hypersensitive, where that could have come from. Gabor Maté's approach to this is 100, I I agree with it. Um, So that's probably one of my most powerful findings and understandings about myself. Sorry to jump in there.
1: No, okay, so um, what film represents your life to date?
0: So this perfectly ties in, The Gremlins. (laughs) 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 Because if anyone, I get a bit scared about stuff like that, got a nervous disposition. And when I was little, I don't think I could sleep for a week after I saw The Gremlins, because my brother used to watch all of that and it wouldn't bother him. Mm -hmm. Um, He also had a Rage Against the Machine album when he was six, and that song has impinged on my soul. But with The Gremlins, not to ruin the film, but you're not allowed to feed them after midnight. There's, There's rules. You're not allowed to get them wet. And I can't remember the other one. But Gizmo's so cute. And Mm -hmm. I think at soul level, I'm gizmo, but oh my goodness, like the ADHD, if you don't follow the rules, it can get nasty. It can get scary. So that I think looking back in that decade, being a dark knight of the soul, didn't know this information. There's so much I didn't know about myself and hormones and nervous system. And to actually know that, that is the lessons. That's the rule. It doesn't have to be restrictive. Like I can't go out to a swimming pool.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: can't eat this can't do that but now I just innately know what I need because I know myself so well Through doing functional testing and doing my nutritional therapy diploma and working with so many people that it doesn't feel hard anymore but that film definitely represents my nervous system needs
1: yeah so staying on the film team which film has impacted your life quite significantly
0: Frozen 2 oh that's such a heartbreaking story around that though because I was I didn't know how old Bonnie was when that came out she was walking because I remember she was running around the cinema but it's the first film I took her to apart from Beauty and the Beast where she could actually take it in you know she could understand to a certain degree and I felt I was at my worst so I've shared my kind of postnatal story before and I think the episode getting through difficult times, but I'll do it again one day because this is where it all kind of came from. But I, before I even went into the cinema, I was crying. So I was buying popcorn and Bonnie was asking me what the matter was. And I said, I think it's my hormones. I felt so down and it was very dark and despairing. Some of our early parental days, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? It was awful. So I went into the cinema already crying And then this film came on that was nothing. It's not for the kids. Come on, have you seen it? (laughs) It's all about going into the unknown and finding your voice. And I'm not ruining it. If you go back to the intro of this podcast, I think I did quite a good job of ruining it, but almost psychoanalyzing it. But, oh my goodness, like that film and and show yourself. It was all about showing yourself because I felt like I was hiding away. I felt like I'd... I wasn't living my life. I was performing at life. I wasn't being true to myself for so long. I'd lost who I was. And then this film came out about going into the unknown, and finding yourself and showing yourself and um, embracing all your gifts that might look like they're... Um, curses or hindrances or not gifts on the outset. anyway you know the film and oh, Olaf oh my god um but that interestingly Shay Dyer who did my branding because I've rebranded quite a few times like my brand was BU mum when I first set this up which is all the same mission just in, in a different way um she actually drew me the uh frozen um icicle to go behind my model mm-hmm. But then I got a bit worried that I'd be sued by Disney. <laughs> them to desist. Oh, yeah. um, it's happened before, not by Disney. So I took it out. But yeah, present it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I no, love I,
0: Disney. We need to have a bit of fun, not we?
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Speaking of songs, um, which song represents the last decade?
0: The Pretender by the Pretender. Foo Fighters. And read into that what you want. Go listen to the lyrics. Foo Fighters have been with me for a long time now. Um, What have I said? I'm not like the others. I'm not like the others. Yeah. You're the pretender. Yeah. Yeah. And just that, that.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Perfect. Where do you get your natural highs?
0: Music. Yeah. I can take, I can get quite high, like, you know, in lockdown, when I was listening to Rage Against the Machine, I took myself to some quite high, you know, ecstasy type levels without, and I don't take, I don't drink anymore, I haven't drunk in four years, I also don't take any drugs, and I go raving, like, I went to the TTF rave last year and mm. danced for 12 hours sober and had the best time, but I think also those highs, I can't remember the quote, but I saw someone post about the rave days. And when I think about the rave days, there's a lot of negative um, stigma because of the drugs, but actually, you know, people, when they'd lost their inhibitions and their egos weren't there, oh my goodness, you'd just be in this room full of people who were there to just have a good time and it was full of love and like this is how I remember it anyway so I'm not promoting like drug taking or anything but it's music and coming together in the more positive side of that yeah. without the ego and like I saw someone post something the other day is when you're at a rave and you're walking around with a pet dinosaur <laughs> and someone would just come and you know a normal person would say why are you carrying a pet dinosaur but at a rave they'd be like what's his name can I dance with him mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it was like. Yeah. So I think like now, you know, if I can get to a gig or if I can get to a rave amazing, but otherwise music yeah. and in my head and walking in nature um are my natural highs.
1: Yeah. If you could go back, would you change anything? And what would you want your former self to know?
0: No, I wouldn't because if I did, a bit like the butterfly effect. I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, things wouldn't work out how they have. And I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Even though there are patches and periods and dark, that, that maybe I could delete. But if I did, would I be sat here talking to you now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, um. So I think it's seeing the positive in everything or seeing how it all fits together in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, so I wouldn't and what would what
1: What would you want your former self to know?
0: I think like I mentioned in another take that we did at this when I did timeline and I do this with my clients, but you get to go back to that younger you and you get to speak to them or offer them some advice or um help them see things from a different perspective, or you can looking back through older, wiser eyes. I did this with Tony on our master prep course, and I took Bonnie. Back to little Annie, five year old Annie, mm. and I showed five year old Annie Bonnie. Yeah. And that was very powerful because that's proof that life is going to be more than okay. Ain't going to be easy, going to be ups and downs as a roller coaster ride. But look, look at Bonnie. Yeah. And the big revelation in doing that was understanding that she possesses all the traits. That I didn't have. She mm. has voice, she has determination, she has agency. Whereas I was quite the stereotypical good girl, did what I told, followed the path type thing. So, to actually show this rebellious, little strong willed, spirited yeah. destroyer of worlds that that more timid, maybe Annie who didn't feel like she had a voice created, that's quite incredible. Yeah. So, I would show her. Bonnie, and I know it's very, it's fine to say everything's going to be okay, blah, blah, just be you, blah, blah, blah. but I think that really just hits at home.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's evidence, it's proof. Yeah. Okay, you're fueled with quotes and inspiration from others. What was the biggest piece of advice you've received that's carried you through tough times? Has there been a golden thread?
0: I think, <clears throat> so when I had Bonnie, I read braving the wilderness by Brené Brown and i know most people listening to this will know brené brown and you know she's it always comes back to brené brown but honestly i read that book and i was just like that made so much sense at the time and i remember she said in it like soft front strong back wild heart mm. and those words always stick with me because it means that you can be vulnerable you can lead with vulnerability that's our greatest kind of um thing of courage a prediction of courage but you can also have your story as your backbone as your kind of resilience and you can be you that quirky wild individual edge and i just absolutely love that yeah Uh, yeah and and i think also my other favorite quote is if you think you're enlightened go spend a week with your family (laughs) by Ramdas, because that makes me laugh
1: yeah um okay right right. looking ahead to the future now imagine you've just turned 50 what would have had to happen in the next 10 years to make it your most successful decade
0: so that's a good question i stole this from stephen bartlett from the diary of the ceo podcast um i would have to have done it i would have to have given it a shot If you think about the fork in the road, the path of action and the path of inaction and not doing it, staying the same, I would have had to have jumped from the hypothetical tree and given this vision a go and let it unfold, see where it takes us. So I think it's selling the house, renovating the gut hut, building the brand, building the following, having some fun, living free, testing it out, seeing where we end up seeing who we meet this excites me who are we going to meet in the process what opportunities are going to come from that what are the possibilities who are we going to get to speak to what's bonnie going to get to experience the ripple effect like this is amazing it feels so exciting and it feels like there's no rules because it's yeah um so so that.
1: So I think got well. I think you partly answer this already. But how, how in terms of successful? How would you define successful in that context?
0: Dancing to the beat of your own drum. Mm-hmm. It's not about money. Even though I've had a really probably bad relationship in the past with money, I've always felt broke. That's not true. You know, that's in the NLP we go always. Like it's not true. But I think I've always. I felt a lot of the time I've had nothing in my bank account towards the end of the month or even at the beginning. Now I'm an entrepreneur and I haven't got the big house and the car, and you know, to show for it. But I don't want any of that. I would like a consistent income to feel safe and secure and have choice. But you can do that from doing what you love. And I think the big revelation is understanding that, that I can make a living from talking from living out my passion passion and interest when you've got ADHD is everything it's my fuel so I think it's very much about knowing yourself Is how I define success feeling happy and safe in your own skin having the resources to get there if you don't feel or you're knocked off by life's curveballs connection
1: yeah
0: fun joy celebration yeah it's having a good time and feeling that feeling that's really hard to put words to, but it's the night before our wedding. Yeah. That's the feeling. Yeah. 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 That's success, baby.
1: Yeah.
0: And Bonnie, you know, being part of that and us being happy as a family.
1: Yeah. Well, I think as well, like just um, quickly on that one, that success is kind of a journey as well. And it's taking that journey, isn't it? It's actually moving, moving into that and, and stepping forwards. And growing and moving,
0: like Frank Turner said, if you're all about the destination, take a fucking flight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of yeah, you mentioned it, walking the road. What would have to happen if it, to make it a terrible decade? What would
0: not doing the thing, doing staying the, thing. the same? Yeah. You know, I think the definition of despair is the, the thought or belief that tomorrow is going to be the same as today. Yeah. <gasps> that gives me shadows. Like I don't tolerate that. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. they do nothing. Yeah, they do nothing. Okay, you can have two values the guiding principles that help you live your version of your truth to ensure the next decade is successful. What are they
0: self trust and faith? Trusting myself and trusting my choices, and faith in the universe, faith that things will work out as they should, faith that I am supported, faith that we can do this, in that people, we're on the right path,
1: faith in people as well.
0: Yeah,
1: because that. Okay, um, next one, next one. What lessons have you yet to learn or embody that will help you have a um, successful decade and live more freely?
0: Self-acceptance and acceptance of others. I still struggle with that. Yeah, I'm better and it is a daily practice and I love myself, but there's parts, I think sometimes when we judge ourselves heavily and we don't accept ourselves and we're hard and we criticise ourselves We're also judging others for the same thing. And I think a lot of what pissed me off about other people, I also do that behavior to others. So it's about owning my shadows. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to love and accepting love and receiving love and accepting people for who they are and finding a way to navigate difficult relationships, conversations, whilst, being that person, accepting them, but also protecting my energy and honouring my boundaries. And I feel like that's just tricky, especially when you've got rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria and all these things that come in with your gremlin type ADHD. Um, it's like a con- constant thing that I'm working on.
1: Yeah. Bonnie asked you.
0: Bonnie did ask this. So, yeah.
1: Bonnie did ask you. What were you born for, mummy?
0: And when she asked me this, I did not know how to answer it. She was very clear that she was born to ride and born to sea. So oh. I said to her, born to be a man, which isn't just, it's true, but not just. It's not more than a mum. I believe that I'm here to inspire more open and honest conversations about the stuff we suffer in silence with. And in the process of doing that, have a bit of fun. Mm. Create something that hasn't been done before. Do things differently. Bring people along for the ride and turn it into a celebration. And I think bring the music in, bring the speaking in, bring all the stuff that if I had a magnet that could bring back some of the things that I used to love and do, it would be some of the things that Crazy Annie did without the drugs. It's the natural highs. And I bring back that connection, that coming together and that sense of party and festival. Yeah. But at the same time with this positive message that you can live free and that's freedom from the prison of your own mind. You can be yourself and you have a voice yeah. and you can do things your way, even if it's against the societal norms or status quo. And I think the l- closest we live to nature, the healthier we are. And you can interpret that and do that in whatever way that, that you know makes sense to you. But that's what I'm here to do. I'm mm. I'm a soulful, like Katie called me a peaceful rebel. Yeah. I'm not here to shake shit up and upset too many people, although sometimes I feel I do that just by being me. But I think that's my rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria and paranoia. I or intuition, I am here to make significant change by being myself and having fun and just sharing what I know and yeah. learning from people in the process, because it is re- reciprocal. It's reciprocity, isn't it? Like I'm yeah. always learning from the people I come in contact with. Um, And I think also I am a kind of embodiment of truth Yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Last question and a half. What are your best bits, your best qualities that you would love others to see more of? In that sense, like what makes you, you?
0: So I've been thinking about this with where I'm going to take the podcast. And I'm not sure yet whether there's going to be an episode next week because I really have broken my ass to try and like get this out. But I'm going to keep the podcast going because it's my absolute passion. And behind the mother mask, it just is such a aligned concept. But what I would really love for it, and this ties into this question, is that it is much more even more authentic, less performative. Like it doesn't have to be about sharing the big stuff all the time. It can be the day-to-day, it can be the funny moments. I want to bring more of my humour, my comedy, my sense of humour into it. Even if, yes, we do talk about these big topics, but like I said before, I am a bit of a paradox you know sometimes serious Annie can show up and like the vulnerable child is talking about some of these painful events but then there's the silly quirky more tigger type side of me so (laughs) so I think it's that fun side and that more like the bits that make me more me that uniqueness yeah and obviously I care I'm very passionate and I, I think just being more of I already am so I think that that is that is it and then the last thing I just wanted to share which is that one of the quotes from Brené Brown and if you haven't read this book I don't really want to ruin it but this is like this hits the nail on your head because we haven't really spoken about it but I think it is belonging and in this book she talks about true belonging and she says true belonging is a spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are, it requires you to be who you are. And then going on to our vision and doing something different, she says this, there will be times when standing alone feels too hard too scary and will doubt our ability to make our way through the uncertainty. Someone somewhere will say, Don't do it. You don't have what it takes to survive the wilderness. This is when you reach deep into your wild heart and remind yourself, I am the wilderness. Mm. I can't say that without crying. Because- <laughs> <laughs> it's just so true.
1: Yeah. It's your birthday. You try if you want to. And
0: I haven't yet. So-
1: There's still time
0: no <laughs> thank you i'm proud of you for doing that
1: no congratulations annie thank you 40 years it's a celebration
0: 40 minus 10 we're going back
1: yes yes <laughs> so happy birthday thank you both. here's to many more
0: thank you and if i'm not back next week it's um i'm absolutely fine it's just quite hard recording on the road at the moment but i will do, i'll try my best and um I hope you all have a great week. Bonnie, do you want to say goodbye? Happy birthday, Bob. Bye.